guys have a Bible. If you don't, we want to give you a Bible. Just come let us know afterwards. So we're talking about the Old Testament, right? We talked about how there's some really cool stories in there, how there's wisdom, how there's psalms to comfort you through hard times. And then last week, we talked about the New Testament, which is like a biography of Jesus Christ's life. If you want to learn about Jesus Christ, who he is, what he stands for, you got to read the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And today, we're going to connect some dots for you guys, because I feel like there's a lot of things that we tell you to do here at church, and you guys aren't sure like how they tie in. So as we're finishing this sermon series, we're getting close to the end, we're going to tie in all these dots. So on your notes, you guys, uh, you guys have your notes ready and your pens? Sweet. Who's read the Bible once? Who's, who's, read, who's read something once? There's an extreme lack of hands. Let's get those higher. Once. You've read one line. You're like, don't eat pork. Okay, great. Perfect. Put it away. Yeah, no. So we've read something. All right, fair enough. Who has read the Bible maybe a couple times? You've picked it up more than once throughout your lifetime. Good. I'm loving the hands. All right. Who reads, who's read an entire book of the Bible? So you've read Matthew, or you've read Mark, or you've read Luke, or you've read John. Um, all right, I'm liking the hands. I'm liking the hands. All right, who, who reads the Bible a couple times a month? This is maybe three, four times a month. Yeah, all right. I see the hands are growing less in number. That's perfectly okay. These next two, hey, Tim just got back to us. Awesome. Um, who reads the Bible? And don't raise your hands. Think about this in your head. Who reads the Bible a couple times a week? Ooh. And then who reads the Bible every day? That is hard. Reading the Bible every day is a commitment. But let's talk about some things. Let's connect these dots, like I say. A lot of us, we have this Bible, and we're like, all right, what do I do with this? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it's hard to read the Bible when I don't even like reading in general. I've got so many textbooks that I have to read for school. How am I supposed to pick up another book and read it on my free time? Girls, I know you, you just want to go shopping. There's a mall. The Temecula Mall has got some awesome stores that you just want to spend all your money at. Boys, we want to read the Bible when we got video games, dude. We got Call of Duty. We got Modern Warfare. We've got Assassin's Creed, all these awesome things, right? Picking up this thing is hard because it's not as exciting as what else we want to do. Fair assumption. No worries. So, yeah, one sec. Save it for after the sermon. It's okay. We will survive until after this sermon. So let's talk about it. The Bible's boring. I know you think that. I thought the same thing before. I was like, dude, this thing is so boring. Why do I want to pick it up in my free time? I had a bunch of awesome slides lined up, but we're having some technical difficulty. So this first story I want to tell you about, you know, kind of help argue against why the Bible is boring, is there's this guy, and his name is Elisha. And him and Elijah, Elijah is his predecessor, that means the guy who came before him, who taught him. They're like Jedis. This guy is so close with God, like he prays things, and it happens. This guy is walking, you know, down the road one day, and this gang of kids, like kind of like a lot of you guys, are making fun of him. And he's like, they're literally making fun of him because he's bald. So he's feeling all awful. He's like, nobody loves me. And they're just yelling at him, go home, baldy, we don't like you. And then this is the weirdest part. I can't understand it. But then he goes... He prays and he goes, he rebukes them. And that, that means he says something. He goes, he goes, you know what? I pray something. I pray the Lord fights for me. 
And then out of nowhere, two bears come out and maul all 42 of them. It's just, just the most random thing. I was literally reading this Bible, and I was like, they were making fun of him for being bald. And I was like, oh, poor guy, I feel his pain. And then he's like, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. And then the next line literally says, and then two bears came out and ate all 42 of them. And I was like, wow, that escalated quickly. Boy, that escalated very quickly. I, was, I did not see that coming. I was just shocked. And then we got this next story. And this was another thing that I was just like, the Bible's so funny at sometimes because you don't see it coming. But quite honestly, there's this guy, and he, he's, he's with the Israelites, right? He's fighting for the Israelites, the nation of Israel. And there's this king that's prosecuting him. And his name is, uh, his name is Ehud. I know it's a funny name, but his name is Ehud. And he's an assassin, yeah, this guy, he didn't even plan on being an assassin, but he's like, you know what? This king is causing some problems. He's persecuting us. I'm going to become an assassin. So he just hides this double-edged knife, you know, somewhere on his body, like the game Assassin's Creed. And so the king welcomes him into his chamber, and he's like, yeah, come on in, dude. Let's hang out. And then the guy's like, oh, really? Boom, stabbed. You're dead. But here's the problem. This king was so fat. He was like Jabba the Hutt. This king was so fat, the knife gets stuck and lost in his just rolls and rolls of fat. And it is completely disgusting. And the funniest thing is, and I I was just cracking up because you can't make this up, is that when he stabbed the king and the dagger got lost, um, something happens when you die, your muscles relax. And uh, anyways, when the king got stabbed, he pooped himself. And he's a really big king, so there was a lot of poop. And so when the guards, because there's guards outside his room, the guards hear something, oh, and then they smell poop. And they think the king's on the toilet, so they don't even go in. And meanwhile, the king is just bleeding there to death, like, oh, oh, some fat job of the hut guy. And it is awesome because the guards are like, oh, man, he's, he must have really bad problems in the bathroom. We'll just wait till later. They show up later, and he's dead. Oh, man, they probably felt real dumb. And then our assassin gets away clean. It is so awesome. And then this next story is for you girls. There's this girl named Ruth. There's this girl named Ruth, and her husband dies. And in today's world, you know, I'm an independent girl, man. I make my own money. I do my own things. Back then, it wasn't like that. Uh, If your husband died, you had to marry his brother because I know it's a very interesting thought. I don't want to talk about old ancient traditions, but if there wasn't a brother in line for you to marry, you became widowed. And when you become widowed, you live on the street which means you immediately become homeless. You immediately just have to, like, fight to survive every day. So this girl named Ruth, her husband dies, and she has nowhere to go. There's no brother to marry and take care of her. She has no family to take care of her. So Ruth is distraught. Literally, she just lost the love of her life, and then she lost everything else with it. So she's like, you know what? All right, I'm going to pick my stuff up. I'm going to move somewhere new. I'm going to try something out. So she goes and she becomes a servant, and, and not really a servant, but she harvests the grain. Back in the day, bread just wasn't at supermarkets. You had to harvest it. And she's picking the grain, and she's lost, man. She is hopeless. There's no love. There's no future for her. There's nothing good lined up in her life. But because she's faithful to God, something happens. The owner of the land that she's harvesting, she catches his eye. And he's like, dang, girl, who's that? And they end up falling in love. And so this, and they end up falling in love, and they literally live that happily ever after, you know, movie scene. And it's just like, there was this girl who was hopeless. She was just down. She had nothing to live for, really. And then God out of nowhere came and delivers her, the most handsome and godly men. 
And he's not just some ugly guy. The Bible even says he's a handsome, godly man. And it's pretty crazy. Boys, try to stifle your vomit. Try not to throw up as we talk about emotions. I know that's hard. I know, I know talking about emotions is a tough, touchy subject. I know. Fair enough. Very fair enough. I understand. So, and then we have one more story that's pretty interesting. Um, the Bible prophesied this guy, you know, 500 years before he ever came around. The Bible had a bunch of prophets predicting his arrival. And when he did arrive, he was healing the blind. He was healing the sick. This guy even raised someone from the dead. He ended up dying on a cross so you can go to heaven if you'd only believe in him. And his name is Jesus. And you might have heard of him. He lived a pretty exciting life. So on your notes, you have that little first line that says, why don't we read the Bible? It's boring. Go ahead and cross that off. I promise you there's a lot more exciting stuff than that. So as we continue down the list, Let's go to our next subject. But Tyler, I don't understand it. You don't understand, Tyler. I have this Bible, and all it says is, Thou shalt not coveteth thy neighbor's stuff. And what on earth does that mean? Guys, if you're reading the King James Version, that is a version from like 500 years ago. The King James Bible is old. It's older than your grandparents. It's older than I am. Don't read it. If you guys have a hard-to-read Bible that you don't understand, we've got Bibles we want to give you for free. Yeah, and you can easily read it. Come talk to me sometime before or after service, anytime. We have the New Testament for you guys to read, and it's very understanding. Guys, the Bible makes a lot more sense when you understand what it's saying. Trust me, I read the King James Bible to study, and I'm still like, what on earth does this mean? I've got to Google it, man. And then the next one that we have, so go ahead and cross that off your list. You can cross off all of them at the same time. That's awesome. The next one we have on the list is Tyler... I don't have time to read my Bible. I want to let you guys know right now, if you don't have time to read the Bible, you are joking yourself. You are kidding. But Tyler, you don't understand. I've got school for six whole hours. It's absurd, Tyler. You don't understand. And then after that, I only get to watch the telly for an hour. And then I got practice. My mom takes me to soccer practice, and it's an hour long. And then after that, I have to have supper with my mom and pop. And I've got to talk about my feelings and how my day was. It's awful, Tyler. And then after that, I got to play video games. I got to pwn noobs with my mates. You don't understand. When am I going to read the Bible? You don't understand. Girls, what about you? But Tyler, you don't understand. I've got school for six whole hours, and I've got two hours of homework, but I don't do it. And then I've got, <laughs> I've got to talk to Johnny until two in the morning because he's the only boy I like. As you, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why, but when you guys complain, I picture it in a, with a British accent. I just, when you guys are complaining to me, I just picture it with a British accent. I, I, think, it makes you, I, think, I think it makes you sound more whiny. But you don't understand, Tyler. You don't understand. Hey, hey, I don't know what's wrong with my imagination. That's just how I see it. Guys, if you don't have time to read the Bible, turn the TV off. For five minutes and read something. Guys, if you don't have time to read the Bible, tell your friends to start playing at 8.05 and read the Bible for five minutes before you log on to Xbox Live. And what about the next one on our list? But Tyler, I don't have one. I think we already talked about that. I want to give you a Bible for free, for freezies. You don't even owe me anything. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one. And then let's go on to this next subject. This is when, uh, this is when the sermon starts getting a little, a little more real. Tyler, 
I don't think the Bible applies to my life. Tyler, I don't think the Bible matters. And Tyler, I don't think the Bible is even relevant to me. And some of you guys, you know, maybe this is your first time, and you're like, Tyler, I'm not even a Christian, but I'm perfectly happy. Tyler, I've never been baptized. I've never even prayed. I've never even asked Jesus Christ to be in my life, and I'm perfectly happy. Friends, I want you to understand, you live in America where you live in the greatest country on earth. 80% of the rest of the world lives on less than $10 a day per family. Some of your dads and moms spend $10 on breakfast alone just for themselves. Guys, you're in a very blessed nation. I hope you're happy here in America because you're not in some third world country starving. Maybe some of you guys are like, Tyler, I am a Christian, but I only come on Sundays. I only pray when we pray together. And Tyler, I, you know, I'm perfectly happy still. I love, I love poning noobs with my mates. I love doing all this other stuff. Tyler, why, why do I have to read my Bible? Friends, that's a dot that we're going to connect later. At the beginning of the service, I told you we're going to connect some dots. Guys, I want you to know right now, as we get towards the end and we have some more notes lined up, how do, how do I read the Bible? You guys should have that somewhere out there. How do I read the Bible? And I want you to know right now that something is better than nothing. You should be filling that in. Something is better than nothing. That's hard, I know. And the next thing you need to write on that line is have a plan have a strategy. Because here's the thing, if you just open up this Bible, if you just open it up to any which thing, anything at all, anything you want at all, it's going to be hard to get the information you're looking for. It's going to be hard for God to speak to you if it's just random. So the next thing you need to fill on your line is have a plan, have a strategy. Are we ready? Does everyone see the acronym? Does everyone see READ, R-E-A-D? Does everyone see that? READ? All right, you ready to fill that in? The first word is ready yourself. Friends, before you open up the Bible, you need to pray. You need to ask God for wisdom. Before I open up my Bible, I'm like, God, I don't know what I'm going to encounter today, but I pray you help it speak to my heart. This next one is called explore. I want you to fill in explore. Friends, when you're reading the Bible, power reading like you do with your English homework doesn't work. A man might have had 100 children and live and be very old, but if he finds that no satisfaction in life is the end, does not even get a better decent burial, I say the world would have been better off born dead if I realized it's a birth. Friends, if you're just speed reading, you're not getting everything you can. You need to read, and you need to reread, and you need to reread again. Are we ready for the next line? Yeah. A, ask. You need to ask questions. And I can tell you what right now, if you guys can take one of those three-ring binders or even a spiral notebook... If you could kind of just keep that with your Bible, when you're reading something and you don't understand, write it down as a question. You need to ask questions. But Tyler, I don't understand. What does this mean? Write it down. Come ask us. Come ask a leader. That's why we're here. And this last one is D, decide what to do about it. Because you can read the Bible time and time again, but if you're not living out what it's saying, you're kind of missing the point. And this is where, you know, we're going to start talking about some real things before we get into worship. And like I said, let's connect some dots. I want you to flip the paper over, flip it over. And at the top, I want you to write something. So listen to what I say first. My preaching will not take the place of your reading. 
So what you can say is Tyler's preaching will not substitute for my reading. Any way you want to say that, I, you know, it's, it's your notes, whatever you'll understand. I need you to know right now that my preaching on Sundays will never, ever take the place of you reading your Bible. It never will. I can only speak to your conscience, your logic, and your emotions, and hopefully, if God is speaking through me, I can speak to your souls. But to be quite honest, I can speak to your hearts, but to be quite honest, when you're reading the Bible, this thing called the Holy Spirit, this person, it helps God speak to your soul. And so, like I said, we're going to connect some dots because I can give you the best examples ever. If for some reason the, the guy who's, who's if for some reason, if Skrillex was Christian and I got him here and he was just laying down the best Christian dubstep you ever heard, and if he told you for like an hour straight in between the dubstep to read the Bible, that would only go so far. If, if I said the best things and if I had the best examples telling you to read your Bible, you would only read it for so long. Even if you guys had the willpower, even if you're like, go! God Almighty, I will read my Bible now, which is the point of this 40 days in the Word, you're still going to fall short, and you're still not going to read it as much as you want to. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's okay. And here's why. Like I said, we're going to connect some dots. It's okay. The first thing I want you to write is write, turn your paper hot dog. Everyone got a hot dog? And I want you to draw a little dot right here. Draw a little dot. Draw a dot and write, reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. And I'm going to read some scripture to you, and I'm going to show you how and why it applies. Just anywhere. So probably on the left-hand side of your paper, write, write a dot and write, reading the Bible. Friends, I want to let you know that there's a reason why it's okay for us to fail. There's a reason it's all right, because we have a helper. And this is in, uh, if you have your Bibles, which all of us should have our Bibles every single day, this is in John 16, verse 12. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Oh, there is so much more I want to tell you right now, but you can't bear it. When the Spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That means when you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will just guide you into everything that is honest, and he will speak to your heart. Let's continue. He will not be presenting his own ideas. He will be telling you about what he has heard. So this thing, when you get baptized, you may have heard of it, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. When you, if you've ever asked Christ into your life, and if you've been baptized, that officially just puts a seal on the deal. This Holy Spirit isn't just some random thing like telling you like, hey, go steal candy. No, that's not what it is. This thing is from God, of God, by God, for God. This thing is a part of God. And he's going to lead your heart to the truth, right? And he's not going to be presenting his own ideas. He's going to be telling you what he heard from God and Jesus. And right now it's time to understand and time to listen up because when you ask christ into your life and like i said getting baptized officially just means you've received the holy spirit when you're reading scripture it's going to be like nothing else you've ever experienced when you're reading scripture the holy spirit's going to help point out the truth verse 14 he will bring me glory by revealing to you whatever he receives from me that means whatever jesus explains to the Holy Spirit, Jesus is going to explain to you through the Holy Spirit. 
Friends, my preaching will not substitute for your reading. Let's continue. He will bring me glory by revealing to you whatever he receives from me. Friends, you have to understand. When you read the Bible, when I'm preaching to you on Sunday, I could only do so much. But when you actually take time to read the Bible, when you actually have a plan, when you pray about reading it, when you start in a section and you continue to read, when you are fully, full-heartedly trying to read God's word, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you in a way that you've never had happen before. And some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about right now, and it's perfectly okay, because like I said, we're going to connect some dots. When you've asked Jesus Christ into your life, when you've been baptized, that officially seals it. When you have the Holy Spirit, when you're reading this book, the Holy Spirit that's in you was the same that was with Jesus Christ. The same Holy Spirit that helped Jesus Christ heal the blind and raise the dead is the same Spirit that is in you. It is God in you. And when you're reading this, the Holy Spirit is going to grab your heart and he's going to whisper things to you. He's going to whisper what God has for your life. God is going to speak through the Holy Spirit to your souls. And it is the craziest thing ever because some of you are like, I have no idea what this crazy man is talking about right now. And it is perfectly okay because when you guys were in elementary school and when you guys were still young, you understood this thing, Christianity, as a religion. And it's okay to understand it like that because no one just wakes up, man, I know exactly what Jesus was talking about. Nobody ever just wakes up and goes, man, I know God's will for my life. Nobody ever does that. Friends, when we're young, it starts as a religion. And you guys are getting old. I mean, how much have you changed from fifth grade to now? To eighth graders, how much have you grown up from sixth grade to eighth grade? It's time that we start growing up as Christ followers too. So that next dot, or before I move on to the next dot, what you have to understand is reading scripture is far more important than making sure you come to this service every Sunday. Because God speaks to you through scripture. I just speak to you, hopefully with God through me, on Sundays. So I hope you're starting to understand how much more important scripture is. Are you ready for that next dot? I want you to write communion. I want you to write communion. And communion is what we're going to be doing here in a little. Communion is literally... What Jesus, and I'm going to give you the definition, it's communion, it's the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the wine, or in this case, grape juice. I know some of you guys are laughing, I know. Here's the definition of communion. Are you ready? Here's the definition. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. It's the exchange between thoughts and feelings and experiences on a spiritual level. Friends, when we take communion here at the end, I want you to think about what Jesus Christ said. Because what I'm telling you of how Christ broke the bread and said, eat this, this is my body, and drink this, this is my blood, it's the same thing Jesus Christ said to his disciples 2,000 years ago. That next dot, I want you to write communion. And then after that next dot, I want you to write worship. I want you to write worship. And some of you guys know that we have worship first. That's changed today because I want to tell you about the importance. And I'm going to continue to remind you. But here's this. The music we play during worship isn't to convince you that Christian music is the best genre around. It isn't to just play a cool tune that you guys want to go download on iTunes after. Friends, the songs that are being played are written by people with a heart after God to help you find God. When you sing along, when you really focus on God instead of just playing around during worship, but when you focus on our Lord Creator, 
You're having an exchange of intimate thoughts and feelings with the God of the universe. Yeah, worship's pretty important. The next dot, praying and being prayed for. Praying and being prayed for. Friends, you need to pray continuously, and it's something I tell you often, and you need to get prayed for. Because here's the thing, if you're just praying on your own and you never pray with anyone else, you're missing something amazing. Because when a group of us gather together, prayer changes things. Not only does prayer change things when you're doing it by yourself with God, just praying with him, but how much more is God going to listen? Or how much more is your prayer going to be amplified when there's a hundred people around you? When there's 10 people around you in your small group, and when we break up into small groups at the end of services, and you don't have anything to pray for, and you don't, you don't have anything to pray for at all, whether it's big or small friends, you're missing out on an opportunity to share and exchange thoughts and feelings on a spiritual level with the God of the universe and with your brothers. And friends, that last dot I want you to write before we finish up is loving our neighbor and serving our neighbor. Friends, our heart, our heart is hard. The world tells us, focus on yourself. Who cares about anyone else? Focus on yourself. Make sure you're happy. Make sure your heart's unbreakable. Who cares about anyone else, right? Gossip, fight them, who cares? As long as you're happy. Friends, with a hard heart, it's hard for God to exchange intimate thoughts and feelings with you if you have a hard heart. But every time you do something kind for someone else, every time you do something kind for anyone else, every time you get, any time you have a service project with us, your heart opens up. And it is much easier for God to share and exchange thoughts and intimate feelings with you. Now, I want you to connect all these dots. I want you to connect all these dots and put an arrow at the end. And what I want you to write on the line, the line connecting the dots, I want you to write Holy Spirit. And this is an example. Because when you are reading the book, when you are reading this book, God, through the Holy Spirit, is exchanging intimate thoughts and feelings with you. Friends, when you are taking communion and you're thinking about what Christ did on that cross so you can go to heaven and you don't have to worry about being perfect, friends, that is God sharing intimate thoughts and feelings. Friends, when you are worshiping God instead of playing around, that is a way for the Holy Spirit, God through the Holy Spirit, to speak to you and share intimate Thoughts and feelings. Friends, when you're praying and you're being prayed for and you're in a group of praying, that's another way for the Holy Spirit to work through you and God to speak to you. Friends, when you are loving your neighbor and you are serving your neighbor, that's another way for the Holy Spirit to work through you. And so at the beginning, on the left-hand side, wherever you started, you know, next to that first dot that says reading the Bible, I want you to write religion. And then at that last dot, with hopefully what you put the arrow next to it, I want you to write relationship. Because like I said, nobody just wakes up knowing exactly what God says, knowing exactly what they want, knowing exactly how to, how to have a relationship with them. But the more you do these things, the closer you are, the closer you get to Christ. And so before we finish up, which will be very shortly, and we'll start worship, Tyler, I don't think the Bible's relevant. Why does it matter to me? Right now, it might not be. But I'm going to tell you right now, a religion is not going to pull you out of depression when the storms of this life happen. A religion 
isn't going to take that anger in your heart and throw it away. A religion isn't going to bring you out of depression when a parent passes away, when a sibling passes away, when your family has financial trouble. Religion isn't going to save you when you are straight hurt that your best friend just betrayed you. Religion, rules, traditions, and regulations will not save you, but a relationship with Jesus Christ will. A relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will pull you out of that deep sea of depression and hurt and sorrow. Jesus Christ will take that anger from you. Jesus Christ will take that sin in your life that's holding you down like a chain. And he will throw it as far as the east is from the west. Friends, I was right where you guys were 12 years ago. And it took me, or 10 years ago, it took me a long time to realize it. And friends, I had other friends just like you. They heard the Bible stories. They went to see kids. They had all this. But 10 years later, they are further from Christ than they have ever been. There's a void in their heart that they're trying to fill with philosophy and drugs and alcohol and prescription pills. And they don't know why they're so lost. It's because they never moved from religion to relationship. And that's where reading the Bible comes in. That's where communion comes in. That's where all this stuff comes in. That's where a relationship with Jesus Christ comes in. Friends, let's bow our heads and pray and welcome the band up as we start to worship. Jesus Christ, I pray. We are young right now, but we are thirsty for you, God. We might be young right now, and society might tell us that we're just kids, but we have real feelings. We have real emotions, and we have real problems. And a, and a religion is not going to save that. Holy Spirit, I pray you help convict my friends' hearts that when the storms of life come, no matter how happy we are tomorrow, I can promise them and I can guarantee them hard times will come. And I pray that if the only thing they hear today, I pray that it is this, that just rules and regulations and traditions will not help them, but a relationship with Jesus Christ will change their lives for the better. Holy Spirit, I pray you will fall upon my friends and I pray you will convict hearts that the next time we worship they will really think about you the next time we have a prayer group the next time we separate sixth seventh and eighth grade boys and girls i pray that we will pray about real things so we can have a real change in our lives god jesus christ we pray and i pray with all my heart that my friends in this room will start to understand why is the bible important why is worship important why is loving my neighbor important they will understand is to build a relationship with you.